Welcome to Vino, brought to you by Vino 101. Welcome, I'm Bill. Hello, everybody. It's Al. We're back. We <laughs> we are back. After after a brief hiatus. Yeah, you know, just caught up in summer, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, typically this is a slow time of the year. I mean, we're not in Europe, but I mean, heck, they go on vacation for four to six weeks there, right? <laughs> and, and it... And I'm working in my in my real in my day job. I am working with European customers, and they have all gone on vacation. Yeah, like two weeks ago. nothing's nothing's getting done. Nope, and they're out for like a minimum of three weeks. So it's a weak excuse, but uh, um, I know. Um, well, Bill, you probably want to share. Bill, Bill just recently um, lost his father, which is uh, I didn't know him real well, but I knew him well enough, and uh, I know that that's a big. A big thing to go through, and uh, continues to kind of deal with that. So, yeah, it, it's a you know it's a big um, you know I had a really good relationship with my dad, with my dad, and uh, big part of my life. And uh, he's you know just kind of working through not having that part of uh, who you are around. It's always a, um, it's always a challenge. And uh, he and my mom were married for a long time. And, you know, so, uh, you know, it's a bigger impact to my, to my mom. So, you know, I spent a lot of time just working with that stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a long process, Bill. <laughs> it is. It's a journey. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. We both have kind of gone through this in the, in the kind of a reasonably, uh, same period of time. I mean, your dad passed how, how many, it's not it's that been, long been maybe like a year and a half, yeah. So I was, I was gonna say it wasn't even two years, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, you know, and it's um, you know these things uh, um, are always soothed with a little bit of wine. Helps, doesn't it? Absolutely, to bring it, you know, to bring it all back. Um, and then you know, just a lot of uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the summer. Been you know, pretty active with you know, the family just doing stuff, you know, besides, um, you know, uh, you know, the coping and dealing with my dad's passing. Well, um, I mean, I'm just, uh, I, you know, it seems like, I mean, we had, Bill and I had a, a, a pretty long, actually a, a fairly decent conversation before we started this podcast, which is unusual. Usually we just dive right in, but, uh, I'm uh, all the best to you and the family, Bill, because, uh, you know, good people and uh, pretty, uh, you know, life gives us some great gifts, man, you know. Yeah, here, here. And, you know, count your, you know, cliche as it may sound, count count your blessings and be grateful for what you have right now. Amen. Amen. Um, well, let's talk some vino, brother. Yeah, uh, right on. So, you know, uh, there's been uh, some... Um, there's been some hot wine news as you clued me into, um, you know, locally there's a lot of fires. So there's, um, in California and, um, especially in the central coast. So I imagine, um, you know, Santa Barbara, you know, and, and grapes that are produced by, um, you know, vintners in that area and, and maybe even Paso Robles. Could be well, they've had yeah, they've had fires there. Um, I mean, the big fire right now is in, in Monterey, right? Kind of, and is it threatening? It's threatening. Um, um, I don't know 
know if it's threatening any actual vineyards yet. Well, it's just what it is. It's just, uh, it, you know, it depends on the, the wind pattern. Well, I was going to say it's smoke, right? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> we've definitely... There's a there's a uh, quote in this article saying we've definitely been bathed in smoke. Yeah, and, and you know, for people that don't live here, generally what happens is the, the wind, the prevailing wind comes in from the sh- from the shore and go and pushes in inland towards the east and um that can be problematic because that's where the vineyards are you know they're in the valley to the east off of the first ridge in a lot of those areas so i mean as as long as it's moving along i mean right now just to give people an idea we just have started the harvest has actually started in napa valley yep uh, it started for um, for sparkling wine production, and typically they want the grapes around you know seventeen, eighteen bricks, so they're ready. Yeah, I, uh, I saw like Sunday they started. Maybe it was a week ago, Sunday in American Canyon. Yeah, Mum's always like they're they're the first out the gate. So um, it it it's um, for still wines. The grapes got to be a little bit more riper. So we're looking probably for. Um, the harvest for uh, red wines or white wines probably another two or three weeks out for the still wines. But, you know, the smoke taint is kind of a big deal, and this could really be pretty damaging. I think the last time we had a, a, a big smoke taint year in California was in um, 2008 for grapes up in Anderson Valley. And you know, a lot of that wine was, you know, they didn't know that much about it then, so they made the wines, and a lot of times the smoke taint doesn't come out uh, in the finished wines until they've been bottled for a few months. And it's uh, it's not real pleasant. It's kind of like um, licking an ashtray. So, uh, <laughs> <That's>, uh, man, <laughs> I was nailed, like, oh. Wow, that was pretty good. Yeah, so, That's I mean, you harsh, know, you don't want to spend $40 yeah. on a bottle of Pinot and, and, oh. and, and, experience that taste so um they're going to keep a close eye um on uh, the grapes and uh make sure that uh you know i mean if you know that you're dealing with smoke tainted grapes then you know from the get-go you can figure out how you want to process it or if even if you want to process them it might be a loss so but uh this is definitely gonna gonna put a damper on uh the grapes that come from uh the Monterey County, Santa Lucia Highlands, which is uh, the, like the Pinot Zone, um, Carmel Valley, all those areas. Yeah, that could be pretty sad. Did you see the? Um, there's there's one other um, article. Did you see the one about um, the winery up in uh, Prosser? Yeah, in Prosser. Yep. Yeah, up in Washington. Yep. So, you know, Just, I guess we've had like this incredibly crazy drought for what four years now. And it, it's been the same on – it's been up and down the northwest coast. So, I mean, it's basically California. Once you get inland about, I'd say, 30 miles, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, it's a desert. There's <laughs> there's, there's not – you know, unless there's a river or there's rain, I mean, it's, it's pretty dry for the most part. So um, it doesn't take much to get a fire started. And uh, you get a fire – you get a fire going and you get a little wind. And uh, next thing you know, man, it's like it's up and down hills before you know it. This fire in Prosser was 8,000 acres, which 
I mean, just like it probably just happened in, in just like it, it, it happened in a couple of days. It chewed up 8,000 acres. And uh, the picture is really graphic. There's a little picture that shows, the, you know, the background. where the, And the guy was lucky. I mean, his winery was spared. And basically the firemen were just standing there and trying to guard the structures. And they let the fire burn around, you know, the, the structures. And uh, firemen, man, that, that that is a rough job, dude. That is a really, really tough job. I don't think I'd want to do that. So um, pray for us, and uh, hopefully we get a little rain here in this area, uh, oh, get some yes. more rain, because we, we had a good period of rain, a very good period of rain uh, last year. So hopefully we can uh, get that again and uh, uh, get a little bit more greener out here in California. Yeah, and it's interesting. So we have a mutual colleague of ours, or a, I should say colleague, a friend of ours, that uh, has gone back to school for forestry, and he was telling me that you know they're they've um, they're starting to advocate um, what I what I know is uh, you know traditional forestry practices where you're actually you know you're doing burns um, start fire yeah controlled burns to keep the brush down you know I'm, I'm you know I've read periodically about these fires where you know trees get so hot they kind of explode yep um, and part of that's because of all the underbrush. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I mean, the, the water, the drought issue aside, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they start doing more forestry practices like this, we see the fires be less severe. I mean, 300, what is it, 640 acres of land make up a section of land. So this is how the United States is divided up. So, like, ranches are, you know, you know, a ranch could be, I think, 36 sections made up a township. Yep. So, you know, you have ranches, you know, that were, I think ranches in Montana are probably multiple sections. Um, but still, you know, thinking 8,000 acres, man, that's a lot of land. That's a lot of land. And, and they're and pretty much really, just trying to, like, okay, well, there's a structure over there. Let's... let's Let's dig in and save that part. Right. But I mean, I mean, what are you gonna do? You can't. It's a lot of land. You get, what are you gonna? You just gotta watch it burn, basically, and keep it away from things that you want to save. And then there's been a big fire down in down in Southern California. I think like yes. in Northern LA, Northern LA called Yes uh, Sobrante, the Sobrantes fire, which I am. Uh, it's also in Monterey County. Saying that, I'm looking at online. Yeah, huge, huge fire. Yeah, this is this is nothing new. This is a, you know that's why they call it fire season. I yeah, mean, I know it's crazy, right? I mean, they have fire <laughs> season. It's hurricane season, I believe now, and fire. You know, it's fire season in California. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's sort of you know like the <laughs> we'll call that the weather uh, for northern Cal fire weather for northern California and and central California. But we were talking uh, before we started about the other big news that that's got um, it's got a lot of it's it's got a lot with the the title of the articles that or the post is the end of innocence and Al do you want to give a little background on yeah um, well it's it's about um, a a very prestigious winery that's uh, been uh, an, an artisan winery. In the area of Piedmont, which is uh, north, 
north um, western um, Italy, and uh, you know the guy that owns the winery. It's it's a Vietti family, and uh, they've been making wine uh, all the way back into the 1800s. But Luca's been a tireless uh, promoter. He's um, he took over when his dad Alfredo passed. Um, years and years ago, and he's been a tireless promoter. And uh, you know, they make some uh, really high-end wines, and then they also make um, some very affordable, well-crafted wines. And they have a great uh, a great name in the wine business. Well, they just been purchased um, just recently by uh, Kyle Kraus, and uh, Kyle Kraus is. Um, well, for one thing, he's he's an American, <laughs> so that kind of uh, you know, it's like, hey, what's this American coming over here in Barolo country and, and uh, buying a buying a business for? So he's an American American businessman. And Kraus and, is not an Italian name. Yes, it's not. Kraus fact, is not. They're on the other side of the mountains, right? <laughs> the exactly. Germans. Yes. Just saying. Well put. And uh, Kraus actually, um, the Kraus family, uh, I think they just order. They they own um, a chain of uh, convenience stores uh, in the Midwest. And uh, you know, we kind of were talking, like you said, we were talking about this, and you know, it's the it's the age old story. You know, somebody this. I mean, this guy he has been looking to buy property in Barolo for years. He's been trying to get some vineyards and actually he's been aced out of a few deals because the locals have uh, decided to go in and, and, and buy it so he wouldn't get it. But he was able to um, proffer up a good offer for the, um, the VAD clan. And um, it's the typical uh, textbook thing where uh, somebody with big pockets comes in says, I'm going to buy, I'll help you out. We'll work together. Um, and uh, I want you to stay on. He's um, Luke is going to stay on to make the wines. Uh, he's going to be still promoting the wines. So it's basically our, you know, the story is our wines are going to be the same. Nothing's going to change. We're just going to have more access to better vineyards. And, um, you know, it's all to the good. Well, um, this article is by Antonio Galoni, who is um, – probably like uh, one of the most traveled uh, Italian wine uh, writers We've uh, that I know of. We've mentioned and, before, uh, right? he's, We've, he's, he, he proffers his thoughts, and I won't go into it a whole bunch, but he, he basically says things have changed. and uh, Yeah, he has a point yeah. of view that, that this is completely, as we were talking, and I understand, you know, it's, uh, everything's changed. That's what he's yeah, yeah. So... And, you know, like we were saying earlier, man, it happens everywhere. It happens all the time. It's happening in the beer world right now with all of these craft brewers. You know, these craft brewers are making great stuff. They're small time, but they don't have they don't have the marketing um, money, and they also don't have the distribution uh, tentacles to get their product everywhere, whereas some of these larger companies do. So um, they – they park on their doorstep with the big bag of money and say, hey, we're going to help you out. Let us help you out. And we've seen that happen time and time again. 
Yeah, I mean, recently, uh, well, I mean, you know, so it's a lot, Lagunitas is interesting to talk about in this context because they did that the JV with Heineken. Yep. For half a, half a billion each? Some crazy amount of money. Huge amount of money. You know, the thing that bothers me about all of these mergers is how the principles that are being bought out, you know, I mean, they have to, they have to do this as part of the deal, but they always, Oh, nothing's going to change. I didn't sell out. We're just, you know, we're just, <laughs> it's like, everything's changed. What are you talking about? Nothing's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I understand that, you know, I understand that's a, you know, a brand message you're trying to get out, right? Yeah. You got to do that because you don't want to lose the customers that you have. Well, you get goodwill. Or, or you want to minimize that. You want to minimize that, that loss because a lot of people will, I mean, you know, they're, they're drinking this craft beer and it gets bought out by S.A. Miller. They're like, hey, you sold out. You sold out. So a lot of times these deals are actually consummated and they're actually put into action. And people don't know about them for years because they keep the face of the brewery, i.e. the brewmaster or, um, you know, all the principals. They keep them on and, they, you know, that's part of the deal. They keep them on and they just business as usual. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've also, um, you know, what I've heard um, from, uh, you know, it's anecdotal, right? But I've heard from people that have, have taken the deal we talked about. So I'm going to partner with a, uh, a larger organization who has, you know, capabilities I don't have. And, you know, what I, uh, you know, what I heard from this person who took that deal and, you know, eventually, you know, became the, you know, was supposedly supposed to be the winemaker, and you became a business and not the passion that they, you know, had originally started it for. Yeah. And, you know, managing a company and a lot of people, because you've got to ramp production. You know, it's you and your, you know, it's you and a few, you know, sort of handpicked colleagues, typically in wineries that are small, and you know. You know, you don't need a lot of people, you know, and, and you know, boom, all of a sudden you got to ramp production. And you, now you have a team of like 10 people you have to deal with. Yeah. Plus management. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's like you're working in your business where you used to run it. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to make some decision about, uh, you know, I want to buy X number of barrels because I want to, I mean, you got to run that by the, by the board. <laughs> the board yeah, or, or, or you have to talk to some worse you have to talk convince some CFO <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's, it's uh, like, you know, that somebody, there's somebody you have to, to to deal with where you didn't in the past um, even though it might make complete business sense but this is you know this is happening on so many levels I, I saw this thing from the New York Times today about private uh, this is like your life and private equity have you seen this thing it's like a slideshow on like you know private equities, what they purchased so far, mm -hmm. you know, the running water, you know, water systems are running emergency services. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so there's, you know, this, this trend will, will continue and, you know, we'll, you know, will we, I, maybe we'll end up working for one big corporation. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's Sad as it is, that's or, uh, or, a, or a series of them. Yeah, I can no. definitely see that. I can definitely see that happening. You know, well, that's you know, I mean, progress. It has to go on. 
But, you know, in, the, in the, I mean, Barolo is uh, that area. These are all small towns. You're talking like Al, but these are super, super small, small towns. And I could just imagine, uh, you know, if I could speak Italian well enough just to be in one of the, you know, one of the bars and just listening to the conversation after this broke through, man, it's, it's had to be very colorful. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, this, <laughs> I can imagine, this, uh, you know, this is a, you know, it sounds pretty draconian, but this is a nail in a coffin and an arsenal way of life that they've been able to prosper with quite a long time. And yeah. everything, I think uh, Mr. Coloni is right, everything has changed for them. Yeah, now but you know... To, you know, they're going to try to plug into the global economy and... You know, and I think some of that's playing out in the United States right now in the election. Yeah, and there'll, there'll be more money coming. You know, all this does is open up, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's like the new frontier. Because Barolo is on fire. That area is just, I mean, it's it's like the new Burgundy. Yep, and people people are, at pe- there's people willing to do deals. You've yep. got one of the most prestigious brands, you know, basically just did a deal. So you're absolutely right. Capital will flow in. Yeah, so it's, no doubt about it. So we'll, we'll wait and see when the next uh, the next big hit happens. And you know, obviously, that a lot of that's been happening over here. You know, the more and more, I, I'm just amazed that when you go into the store now, or uh, it seems like weekly, there's some brand that has been acquired by another larger company. I mean, it's I mean, I can't even keep up. It, it, it's it's amazing, <laughs> at least here in, in California. It's true. It is. It is. It is gone. Um, so the, the consolidation is 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 crazy. What's happening? And it's all because of the marketing thing. I mean, it's it's tough. It's you know, as hard as it is, it's easy to make wine. It's easier to make wine than it is to sell wine. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's you know, it's very. Um, I think this is true. A lot of agricultural products, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's and, uh, and and to your you know to it, um, you made a point earlier. We were talking before we started recording that you know this all comes down to distribution access. Yes, sir. You know, and you know, sudden uh, marketing market access. Yeah, you're it's, a, it's, it's, when it's you're a placement, big, man. Yeah, when you're a bigger player, you can put products on the shelf. When you're a small person. You got to go do it yourself, which is really expensive and really time consuming. And time consuming, and, and it's like hitting your head against the wall. You'll get a placement in the store, and you'll come back the next day, and it's been aced out by some bigger company that put your stuff in the back room. <laughs> Happens all the time. Yeah. It's it's a it's a brutal world it's out a, there, man. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's uh, it's tough. Tough game. Um, so well, we got, you know, we got time sense. for one more. You want to? Because I, I knew we're gonna have a kind of a short run here. So what I was thinking is just a couple mentions of other things we'll post. Um, okay. So an article about how to start um, uh, an architectural digest and how to start a wine collection. Yeah, and it's also like, also from Mr. Coloni. Yeah, he's on fire. He's also Mr. California. I got to meet that guy sometime. We like it. Um, and then there's a, a, another sort of education article that's worth a read. Um, and it, it, you know, I notice a lot of, um, 
online publications are starting to do this now. It's a three-minute read. They give you how long it should take you to read it. That is cool. <laughs> I'd be like, a minutes. You know, it's funny is we're all coming to some – we're globally – think about this now. We're globally coming up to some um, uh, uh, equilibrium in terms of comprehension level. Yes. You know, are the robots figuring out it's a three-minute read based on uh, the text here? Think about that. That's all I got. I just got three. I only have two and a half minutes. I can't read that, And I'm not reading the standard. (laughs) I'm not reading the standard. I'm not. What standard is three minutes? Anyway, it's a good article on left and right bank ones and what the difference is. And and it's – I would say it's a really good – some people who – you know, clearly, if you know what that means, don't even bother reading this. It will be too pedestrian, um, but and probably too um, a little too cheeky, maybe. But um, uh, you know, it's a it's a good quick three minute read that will tell you the difference between the two. And I like it if you didn't know if you really didn't know the difference between the left bank and the right bank, and say you were going to a party and you just got out and you walked in the lobby. And you're taking the elevator up to the exactly. 43rd floor. You could read this on your way up to the 43rd floor, and then you would be ready for action at the party. <laughs> Perfect. That's pretty good. Yeah. So the last thing we should wind up. What have you been drinking? Anything you'd recommend to folks? Uh, I've been drinking a lot of. Um, I've been drinking a lot of Riesling. I know that's going to come as a surprise to you, <laughs> but uh, shocking. Uh, uh, yeah, out of the cellar, out of the cellar um, last week we had a an essay prune and, and prune's a very um, prestigious family over in uh, Germany. We had an essay prune Valener Sonnener, um, a 2005er Riesling Cabinet, and uh, I think that was my second to last bottle. We'll probably open up the other one uh, this weekend. But man, what a fantastic bottle of wine that was! <laughs> it just as I think I've had wines from him before, and it was good. Yeah, it, it was just—I mean, really it hit all—it hit all the notes, man. Just um, and it's a cabinet, so you're thinking it had—it still had that—that that, uh, the acidity that it needed to make you kind of just want a little bit more after you tasted the the last sip. You just want a little bit more, so the acidity was still there. You know the backbone of the wine, if you will, for a white wine, and um, just uh, uh, beautiful ap- uh, apricots, like honeyed apricots, and a little diesely, you know, because you're going to get that little kerosene thing going on, and uh, that's not a bad thing. That's normal. It was just fantastic. It went really fast. There was nothing left over. <laughs> we had a good time with that one. And um, let's see, what else have I had of note? Actually, I've kind of, um, since we've been, you know what I had the other, I mentioned this, I don't know if I mentioned this to you the other, um, I mentioned this earlier. We went to um, McPhail's um, down to Barlow. Oh, right. And uh, we um, they pulled out one of their library wines. It's a 2006 um, Anderson Valley uh, Fratty Shams Vineyard. And uh, I bet you that was good. Oh my gosh! I mean, I first of all, you think okay, a wine is ten years old. It's gonna be you know ten year old Pinot. It's gonna be showing some showing some age. Yeah, yeah. I, you couldn't you couldn't. There's no way I would have pegged that as a 2006 for wine. 
I mean, it was so youthful, so vibrant. And I mean, the balance was impeccable, man. Just, just bang on between the fruit and the acid. It was just, yeah, it, it was dynamite. I mean, really showing off the the winemaker skills there, right? To be able yes. to, you know. So look, I mean, if you're gonna get fruit like that, it's pretty hard. To, I mean, you got to work to mess the wine up. Yeah, you just uh, squish it and try not to then get out of the way. Don't interfere with it. However, if it's gonna show up ten years later the way you're describing it in, in terms of its youthfulness, it, you know, there, you know, you get some, some, something beyond just, um, you're really sort of, I think, seeing the influence of the winemaker plus good stewardship of the wine, right? I mean, the wine's been obviously cared for, well cared for. I mean, it's yeah, about the bottle, which I mean, counts too, at some level. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, well, there's a couple of things you meant, as you mentioned, it was definitely stored properly. And, uh, you know, it didn't have any sediment. You know, they were um, they were pouring this using a Coravin. So I don't know how long they had it open. But, uh, oh, wow. I mean, it was clear as a, no sediment, man, which I, I don't – I couldn't wrap my head around that. <laughs> how does that happen? But, uh, yeah, that was a fantastic bottle. Um, what do I have that people can get? What have I had lately? Oh, you know what I've had recently that people can get? This is one of my favorite wineries. I've probably mentioned them before is uh, Felsina. Yep. Had a, a 2013 uh, Felsina Chianti Classico. Run to the store and get you some of that. It's about 20 bucks a bottle. It's classic Chianti Classico from a very good vintage. Um, what can I say? It's um, 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 black cherries, um, a little bit of the... Uh, Tuscan uh, earth on the nose, and um, man, it's just—I mean, you—it's—it's—it's so—it's so good, really well put together. Yeah, that you could actually have it by itself. It doesn't really need food. Well, that's yeah, that's you know, I mean, you really can't say that about a lot of Chiantis. So So, yeah, it's it's a really, really well-made wine. So, and I bought it just the. 13s are just coming out, so I bought it just to try it out and see if I wanted to get some. So now I need to go down there and, and stock up. But um, I got it at KNL for like 20 bucks, so it's good. And that's and, 13. What's what? Yeah, 2013. And uh, I mean, it's not it's not on par with the 2010, which is probably like my favorite vintage um, uh, recently from those those folks. But it's pretty darn close. Well, but you're going back to buy more. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What am I complaining about, right? Right. I'm not complaining. And uh, one more, um, and I'm actually, uh, you can go on our Twitter feed and you can see uh, these bottles, uh, except for this one, uh, Pedrincelli. I had the um, Pedrincelli, and, you know, Bill and I are big Pedrincelli honks. I had their uh, Dry Creek Vineyards, um, excuse me, the Dry Creek Valley uh, Bushnell Vineyard, the 2013. That's dynamite. And not only is it dynamite, but it's like $15 a bottle. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculously good, man. So there you go. That's what I got. How about you, Bill? I know you got some beer. Some beer. Uh, you know what? I've been drinking a lot of beer, and I've been on a Pilsner jag for quite a while. So um, I have three Pilsners I would recommend to people. So one is a, it's, Vic, it's Victory Brewing, uh-huh. and I think they're in – um, actually, it's Pima. It's Prima Brewing, and it's their Pilsner. 
Prima Pills, sorry, Prima Pills from Victory Brewing. And I believe they're in Pennsylvania somewhere. Um, you can find them around. Um, so they, I mean, their their distribution is fairly large. The uh, wine shop or wine store in the Ferry Building. Okay. They have it on tap. You said Prima Pills? Yeah. Is that what you said? Prima, yep. Okay. Prima Pills. Oh man, so it's uh, <laughs> that's trouble. That's trouble. That's yeah. that's great. It's and a, it's on tap, huh? Yep, it's on wow. tap. So you know, on a hot day, <laughs> it's really tasty. And you can find it in bottles and cans. It probably, you know, there's probably a, a, a liquor store or supermarket around that might carry it. Vic, I, you said Vic Victory, Victory Brewing. Brewing. Victory Brewing. Okay, all right. I'm writing this down. So, yeah, and they're in, they're in Downington, Pennsylvania. Where's that? I think it's near. Um, I don't really know. I'd have to look on the map. It's uh, okay, Downington. All right. So uh, yeah. So what else you got? And so that's a very, I would say, you know, a pretty classic, true to type Pilsner. Really good. Another pills that I like that I've had locally, um, probably going to be pretty hard to get um, outside of Northern California, is from a from the Plow Brewing in Santa from Plow ah, Plow Brewing in Santa Rosa, and it's just their West Coast Pilsner. Um, a, a very very tasty Pilsner. Um, I really enjoy it. Had that at Community Market. Um, I don't know if you can even get it. Um, bottles or cans and then the last one is napa smith brewing so napa smith has got a pretty interesting history as a brewer they were you know uh, of uh, all i think they all have connections to fritz maytag so fritz maytag is a guy that founded anchor really the res- at least one of the pivotal people in terms of resurgence of uh american craft brewing and then you know along with new belgian and and i think Somebody in Napa was it started Napa Smith. You know, it was related to these guys. They have a pilsner. It's I, I like it. It's I, and I've only had it. I've only found it in bottles. And recently, the supermarkets started carrying it. Unlike it? unlike the West Coast pilsner or the West Coast brewery pilsner and the Prima pils, the difference in the Napa um, is it's more of a Czech style pilsner. So a lot more. You know, you're going to get a lot more wheat in that beer. A lot drier. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, some would say, you know, that you, that you get the Christmas out of it, crispness out of it. Um, I love Czech Pilsners. Remember the Czechs are the people that actually rioted for beer quality back in the day. Yep. How so, do they, how do they serve that? Is it, is it served sans without anything or? Yeah, they... totally without anything. Okay. And then, and, and then go ahead. Isn't Napa Smith, isn't that? That isn't that kind of like an American Canyon. Yep. Okay, I think is that is that kind of like over by the airport, kind of in that yeah, in that right zone. Over, is that what right that over, is? Yeah, it's right over by the. Um, it's right over by the airport. Okay. All right. I always want to go in there. Tasting, yeah, they have a tasting room, and their beers are are well. You know, the beer community. You, know, you can go online and check all this stuff out. Beer advocate, beer taster. They're, they're highly rated. And I think they, as I was trying to say, I don't know how, but I think they have a, a lineage 
the people involved have some lineage back to, you know, some people are pivotal in starting, you know, the craft brewing phenomenon. Okay. And it is a phenomenon, you know, look, to, to uh, McGee at Lagunitas, right, is writing $500 million checks. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy how it's taken off. And that's why, you know, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made. There's, there's, there's a lot of money to be made. And I love the fact that, uh, I mean, it seems like the flavors, all the different flavors, I mean, it's crazy. There are more flavor, yeah, there are like an order of magnitude more flavor commutations and permutations in beer than wine. But anyway, I, yeah, I'm, you know, I guess my German heritage is, is shining through drinking, you know, summer Pilsner. Well, we had a we had a pretty blistering uh, last week. There it was it was kind of warm. I mean, it wasn't super warm here, but it was in the hundreds in the interior valley. Yes, my, and my mom you know, just lives there. Could, yeah, one hundred seven <laughs> where my mom lives near Roseville. Oh my gosh! At, at no, get this at like five o'clock at night. You you got to get her to come over and just hang out with you guys for a little bit. To yeah, for sure. Uh, but I'm just saying it's it's hot out there. Yeah, we we're. Um, we're still doing our typical thing here in uh, Sebastopol. What's it's probably going to be in the fifties again tonight? Yeah, I mean we're blessed where we live. Yeah. So, so that plow brewing to go back to that isn't that isn't that kind of that sounds familiar? Where is that plow brewing? That sounds so familiar. So they're on industrial in Santa Rosa. They're right across from the bottle barn. Oh, okay. That's why <laughs> I've probably seen their sign or something yeah. all right but all I, right. I did not have it there i had it at community market okay all right all right I think I yeah i'm gonna i'm uh you know i have a i have a buddy that's actually in the beer business and he owes me a bunch of beer so i'm gonna have a few new ones here probably next week oh, <laughs> I'll, nice. I'll split some of them up with you probably probably gonna get a sick pack of uh craft beers here pretty okay. soon i'm all i'm game are you in i'm in Hey, real quick, uh, you get a chance, you should go on, and um, I'll, I'll shoot you this article, but there's one for um, about the uh, the crazy uh, French arsonist over, I don't know if you saw that, this happened like a week and a half ago, but they, there's a video of these guys going in and um, vandalizing and, and starting fires at this, uh, at this wine company's um, outlet, and uh, they're... They're militant. Uh, it's called the CRAV, and they're really upset that uh, Spain's. Uh, I was like, uh, is this a Spanish wine? Yes, these guys are buying wine from Spain yeah. and bringing it over because the French wine is too expensive, you know, for for all their lower end wines. So these guys got all bent out of shape. It's a great video, so I send it to you. you got to watch it. Trying to undercut the market. <laughs> Shame on them. Hey man, it's kind of like you know. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Yeah. They got the guys. They got them all dressed up. They got the, uh, they've got the uh, the masks on with the, just the cutouts for their eyes and their mouth, and the guys speaking. It's it's awesome okay. stuff. It's <laughs> great anonymous, video. The anonymous <laughs> wine com- wine commandos. Please, yeah. <laughs> please send me that. I'm never. That's funny. All right, man. All right, everybody. Well, we appreciate you listening. We're back on. Uh, we're back on form. And um, we appreciate everybody listening. For sure. And uh, if, if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Like us on Facebook. Send us a tweet. You can always email us at info at being a 101.net. 
Right on. Cheers. Cheers, Bill.